Hi, Chad. Hi, Cameron. Uh, so tonight, I think this is my idea, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're doing a different thing. This isn't a normal episode. We're doing an Opinions Are Cheap presents a watch-along commentary track. Yeah, we haven't done one of these in a little bit, and they're always fun and exciting because it means we get to watch a movie and talk about it as we watch it. And this movie is free on YouTube, which makes it easy for everybody to watch along. So if you listen to us while you're driving in the car, I'm sorry. Also, if you listen to us at all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're just a lot real sorry tonight. A bunch of sorry, sorry little dudes. But yeah, we are watching In the Mouth of Madness, which was directed by a film director. I think this was John Carpenter. John Carpenter. I kept finding the producer names. Like, that's not right. I kept thinking it was um, uh, Cronenberg, which is why I was comparing this movie to Crimes of the Future. And then I realized Carpenter and Cronenberg are actually not the same person. And their names don't even sound alike. And I'm just an idiot. So if anybody heard that last episode and started screaming at me, um, sorry, my and bad. This is also kind of fun because I feel like uh, one of the things we both share is we were like Alien, mm-hmm. and it goes back to how the show started, where we would talk about Alien a lot. So it's kind of fun, you know, touching on a Carpenter thing. I think this is a very appropriate for our brand. Um, but yeah, we should probably just start the movie, and we'll talk about it as it goes, anyways. Okay. So if you got the video up, we're at the zero mark, and I'm going to hit play in three, two, one. Ah! So you've seen this before, right? I have. Uh, so the the fun thing about this movie, I want to make this full screen, is this is actually a really good movie. Normally our watch-alongs are not for good movies. They're for <laughs> silly movies or stupid movies or Neil Breen movies. And so I'm kind of excited. I haven't seen this movie in a while. Uh, but I remember it being really, really good. Gotta turn the volume down, though, because it's kind of cranked. It's funny. I don't so remember is, a lot about it. Yeah, this is one of those things where I've never seen it beginning to end. But I've seen maybe the whole thing out of sequence in the form of different clips or catching half of it on TV or uh, some in-depth internet reviews so it's kind of nice to just like okay i'm gonna hit start and get to the end yeah also this freaking opening music while this guy's like rolling a typewriter um it reminds me of like load and reload like metallica but now it reminds me of um 80s hair metal i can't pin it i'm sure this is a really famous song yeah i'm so happy for carpenter that he found uh fun in life like being a musician because wait he's such a oh yeah is that is this carpenter playing no oh wait this is music by john carpenter oh fuck that That thing it's so it's Um, like thrashy but heavy metally at the same time this is a killer riff yeah um so of course like carpenter's a very talented director but the Hollywood system doesn't work with talent. 
and uh, he he got kind of burnt and frustrated. I don't remember if this is like before that or after. Um, I think there might be some kind of like side eye jabs at the industry in this, but oh, I'm very happy that he's happy now. I get him mixed up with like a couple people because like Sam Raimi is another one who I think makes movies similar to this and they're like like his early weird horror movies right yeah totally There he is, the titular mouth. <laughs> Never trust a man in a bow tie. I like the idea that there's a bunch of um, doctors here and nurses trying to handle a guy in a straitjacket that's attacking him, and you're focused on the guy in the bow tie. He had a lot of character design going on. Did you see his hair and his bow tie? Oh, yeah. No, I think that's by design. <laughs> I kind of like that Like some of these older horror movies weren't afraid to be funny and then also be fucked up. Well, Something yeah. like Hereditary and the A24 stuff definitely don't do that. They're just like, no, we have our lane of like depressing and fucked up. And we're not going to leave it. Man, I was uh, watching a review on Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I've heard really kind of mixed bad things about that movie. Oh, you have you heard anything mixed? I've only heard bad. The radio DJ seemed to think it was okay, but then he had a long list of things that were bad, but he was like, oh, I probably, you know, if you're bored, you should go see it. So I feel like his was mixed. His taste in movies is awful, though. Uh, the one, the review I saw, it broke down all the kills in the movie. And what's bizarre is none of them were entertaining or had anything to do with a bear. Like, I feel like the pitch is what if the, what if bear what if Pooh Bear was like a like a rabid bear, right? Yeah. So what does a bear do? But he kidnaps a woman and then like duct tapes her so she can't get away and leaves her in the driveway and then slowly drives a car over her, like bears do. My favorite bear kill. Yeah, so it's like, oh boy, what a misfire. See, with this... See, look at that creepy hand. Where it's like, this doesn't make sense. Like, immediately, you don't know what to make of this movie.
This reminds me of um the stand by Stephen King where like the the virus is going around killing a bunch of people and there's uh people in a prison and they're stuck in the prison because all the prison guards are dead or they ran away. Mm-hmm. And the idea of like being trapped in a room while the world ends around you and you can't leave the room because the door is locked. I think it's interesting to like portray madness on film because you have to either make someone look crazy from the outside looking in, or you have to put them, you have to put the viewer in the shoes. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way to do it is <laughs> one or the other. That Dead Space remake came out. Yeah. I was... Uh, are you going to play that? Maybe I shouldn't spoil it. Um, I might replay the first one. I, I'm assuming I need EA Origin to, re- to play the remake. I don't know that EA Origin is a thing anymore. Oh. I know they made um, Isaac talk in the remake, which yes. is interesting. I like how his uh like uh gown is all scribbled on too. A lot of crosses. I really love how his face is lit there. I like how he's basically like pretending to be crazy because it's safer in here. Like is the vibe I get. Mm-hmm. Oh, my point of bringing up Dead Space was just it's horror done right. Oh, sure. And so I was watching a review on the remake and this guy really broke it down. And it just seems like it's still doing that correctly. They didn't take away from any of the horror. That's good. 
and yeah and watching this movie like there's such a nice tone like you said they mix in a little bit of you know you could say it's comedy or or at least lighthearted where you're just kind of like you're not sure how to feel <laughs> and playing with your emotions i think brings out that unsettling uncomfortable feeling in a very effective way for a viewer I know um, people that have been in a lot of romance movies will say like the key to a good romance movie is like heartbreak because the the romance doesn't work without some sorrow. Like you can't just have happiness because that's not compelling on its own. And I think horror is kind of the same where if you're just going super hard into making things scary, you don't have like a ground zero to, to play around with. It's just it doesn't really work. Oh, I know this scene. This is a good one. I remember this scene now too, and it's this. I almost wish the camera didn't cut to close-ups of the guy and just like let you notice him in the background. Yeah. It's still good. <laughs> The random, like, twisted shit interspaced in with, like, this normal conversation, though, where they're having, like, a work conversation, and this guy mm -hmm. is trying to kill him with an axe now. And there's no... There's no real proper build-up to it. It just happens. It's, it's... I think a worse story and a worse director, it would be really bad, but because this is a good movie and a good story, it works. 
<laughs> I like the idea that he was just attacked by one of these people, and he's also like not terribly suspicious of it. Like he he had a personal incident. He's kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm done with that. Like just wanting distance from it. Yeah. But then he like can't escape it because there's posters for this book everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, like the idea of like a book release being oppressive. I will say though, I'm almost dreading whatever this like next Game of Thrones is. Yeah. Like I think the most intolerable people will talk about it. <laughs> and I know there's like real fans, but there's also people that like made the TV show their personality, so they're gonna pretend that they read. I really love this as a premise. <laughs> there's a flippancy that doesn't kind of work because like he did almost get murdered sort of but i also feel like he like you said he wants to put distance and now he's like indebted into it you know the idea of like i can turn the channel and escape this versus oh shit there's sutter kane chapter posters literally on every wall of this building I love how cynical he is too. I feel like he he earned it by being an insurance fraud guy. Yeah, and I I like how they quickly introduce that with like here's a case that's already wrapped up, and then they, the, his boss says, "Wow, you always wrap up those cases very quickly because you're so cynical." And then the movie starts, and it's like, "Okay, you have enough to work with here." 
Yeah. It's very lean storytelling. Also, I like that the Sutter Kane books are basically the Necronomicon. I really like how it's framed as a mystery, too. It's very Lovecraftian. Like, you can tell the influences already, and it's it's using them really well. Oh, so talking about books. Um, last weekend was uh, the Warhammer's, like, Black Library anniversary. Like one day of the year, they they push a bunch of books and they announce new books and stuff. That's a cool poster. I love that tagline. If this book doesn't scare you to death, you're already dead. <laughs> yes. I love the people trying to get in the bookstore so hard. <laughs> um, but the uh, the Black Library thing, um, you get a sample book if you go to the store. And one of the new series they're pushing is uh, Warhammer Horror. And I find that kind of weird as a premise because isn't like the selling point that everything's terrible already? Yeah, I don't know how you do effective horror in that series when it's um, everything but, is like basically a cartoon. Like what you were saying earlier about how like you can't have only negativity. It's like you need like moments of levity to bring it up and down. And it's like, okay, so they went from the oppressive uh, unending demon attacks to the oppressive unending now there's a monster, I guess. I don't know. Right. I guess the to, to A24's point, though, like those movies do work really well. They're just instead of like they balance it by being like family drama. And uh, it does seem to be working for them. I love a lot of their movies, but they're really like oppressive. And I don't know if everybody's into that where this is not an oppressive horror movie. This is like a really entertaining horror movie. I like that scene because it almost doesn't pay off. I feel like there's some jabs at Stephen King in this. Like we already got a specific one that Sutter yes. Kane is a is a better <laughs> author, but just like the way he's talking about the books, I f- I feel like I've heard people say that about Stephen King's books. Um. Yeah. 
No, I'm I'm pretty sure there's some intentional jabs at King, and I don't know if that's because didn't didn't did Carpenter do a King movie? Ah, he might have. I think that like I think King was hard to work with. Like, a book that drives you crazy, and then you have fucked up dreams, like, hey, hi, Lovecraft, how are you? You know, like... This is so unsettling. And then his that's the guy's face is all fucked up, but it's so good, and everybody's behind him, and there's the axe again. And it's like, what are you supposed to take from this? Like, what is real or not? I will say if Sam Raimi did this movie, there'd be more blood. Fuck, that was a good jump scare. Yeah. And it's also, at least this point in the movie, you're kind of like, um, yeah, is it, is he going crazy or is there something to these books? Because you do right. see the other people acting out weird, but it's like, you, you can't really be sure. I like how fast this movie is moving too. It's it's an hour and a half. It's a very lean movie. It it doesn't waste your time at all. And I miss when like movies were like that where it's like, "Hey, we have a 90 minutes to tell a story and we're going to we're going to do that" versus, "Oh, we have two and a half hours. We have 3 hours." I know like the new Arya Steer movie might be like a little over 3 hours or like he's got his director's cut is 4 hours and I love that director, but man, fuck off with that. <laughs> Respect my time. Yeah, and you know, I really like the um th- this thing here where he has like what like ink under his eyes cuz his pen broke or something. Yeah. And it's kind of like there there's like artificial bags under his eyes and it's like what's going on? Like it, it does that matter or not? But it's so intentionally there that you can't not see it. It's like, are you seeing patterns? Is he seeing patterns?
I love that it's in Maine too, which is another reference to Stephen King. Or like Maine is on the map. I like that he's still so uh, cynical about it. The way um, the publicist is acting too, like it does seem like he is hiding something and, and stuff isn't what it seems for like nefarious money reasons. Mm-hmm. Why would he have that in his glove box? But also, that's very funny. I was just funny. about to ask. No, I want this movie about one of your books, but like the book that comes true is the one with all the like furry pirates. <laughs> and like the whole the whole movie is about you being disappointed that that's the one that came true. And you're like, no, I wrote I wrote much better stuff. That's one of my earlier ones. And all the furries are like, Yarg, we love you. That would be an interesting hell of my own creation. <laughs> I'm in like a creeped out mood. Um, I've been listening to too many Bigfoot stories. Oh yeah, and some too much talking to Sable. Uh, well, yeah, he recommended a YouTube channel, uh, and I have been watching it. Like the whole backlog, it, it's very good content. Nice. But some of these stories hit weird, where it's like, oh, I, I kind of believe that one. Like that, I, I, not necessarily what they're saying, but I sincerely believe the person telling the story believes it. Sure. One of the things I like about the scene right now from a, like a shot composition is how dark the blacks are. I feel like yes, the way movies are shot now, nothing's ever like strictly black anymore. It's always just gray because they color crack so much in post. Yeah, versus this is so color. stark, his skin versus like the black outside window and it looks so dark and oppressive out.
And then this 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 switch up driving, right? Like they're clearly in this together. Um they're they're building the rapport, but they don't quite like each other yet. It's uh it's a neat little piece of like character development and storytelling it, it, in such a small amount of space where like they're taking turns napping in the car, but it, it definitely seems like it means something. I'm just that sequence is so weird. Because really, if you're in the situation and you saw that, like, you wouldn't, like, stop and try to talk to somebody about it. Like, you would just keep driving and go, that was weird, and move on. Yeah, I mean, you, you just kind of assume that, oh, it's late at night, I'm tired, I'm seeing shit. Once again, that was a really good jump scare because that kind of freaked me out. Yeah, um, that's something else that the Winnie the Pooh movie does is there's a bunch of jump scares, but each single one is telegraphed with music where it's like there's constant drawing music going on. And then all of a sudden, like, it'll go silent and you can, like, count with a clock exactly when the jump's going to happen. The scene is so great for a lot of reasons because it's like the same guy, but she saw him as a young kid and now he's like an aged adult. And it's like 70 years passed in the span of like a minute and a half for that person. But also like when did that even happen? It's like the, the timing doesn't make sense and what she's looking at doesn't make sense. I feel like it's a dick move for him to go back to sleep after that and then to continue to make her drive. Well, who knows how long it's been, too. That's true. Especially because time is clearly, like, hardcore being fucked with right now. Oh, hell yeah, this is so good.
Have you ever had to drive while you're very tired? Yeah, it sucks. Usually, like, coming back from concerts when it's, like, two in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like the shadows move in weird ways. And, like, you you definitely, like, see things that aren't there a bit if you're not, really, like, really paying attention, which is so hard to do because you're exhausted. I wonder what season it was when they started coming here because it's fall now and it would be interesting if like there's a visual representation of like it went from summer to fall in the span of a drive and I wasn't paying a close enough attention to know if that's what happened but I feel like I mean I, I don't think we saw any fall colors but we also didn't see a lot of trees yeah I feel like Hobbs End is like Dairy Maine, but also Innsmouth as well. Like it's, you know, it's it's that type of place in this story, which is which is fun. I love I love that this movie really knows what it's doing. Like there, there's right and wrong ways to use inspiration, I think, and like this is definitely a right way to do it. I'm I'm really happy with all the little Easter eggs in this movie. You know, I'm curious. Have we actually have we looked for uh, Lovecraft stuff on VR Chat? I don't know. That's a good question. Like, I feel like. There might be some like crappy Cthulhu stuff, but I would love to find, you know, dairy or Innsmouth or just anything with this vibe. Yeah. Um, that might be worth looking for. It also feels very Twilight Zone. Yeah. I'm going to assume that you didn't watch the Cars animated shorts on Disney Plus. No. Um, they go on a Route 66 road trip. And it's very cute. Oh, that's cool. And there's one where they, they have to stop in a hotel and the only one available is like a haunted house. And they just fit so many like little references and stuff into like a very quick sequence. It's just very cute. I know there's some like weird Eldritch horror Cronenberg stuff in this, and uh, I I wish there was more of it, but I also appreciate that they kind of wait a while to like escalate to that point.
Yeah. And the the pacing is just so interesting. Cause there'll be like Oh, a, I recognize her. A, yes, she's in a few things. They cut through scenes so fast. I appreciate that, like you said, the the pacing respects your time, but also it kind of keeps you on your edge because any like mundane scene could just abruptly jump into a scare or a new scene or a flashback or. Yeah, I could have used a slightly better transition there. Um, but I don't I'm not like upset with it or anything. No, it, I think it adds, the more confused you are, the more you're like, okay, I got to really lean into this and pay attention so I don't miss anything. Oh fuck. His face there. Oh fuck. And like that building would not be in that town at all. Yeah. I love how empty the sky and this field are. The way this is shot, it just seems like it it, it really seems they're like isolated. And this lens is like too wide because it's giving everything a curve. Yeah. But I feel like that's supposed to make you feel confused and uneasy. Well, it's one of those things where like uh, Lovecraft, with some of the weirder structure he would describe as like, you know, Cyclopean or uh, the angles were non-Euclidean. Like he had these weird way of like trying to make the buildings seem warped and uh, unnatural. And so like, the film version of that is like what we're seeing, which is cool.
That dude's got some balls. This guy just shooting a gun. And he's like, oh, we got to go over there. Oh, no, it's the child of the corn. That's weird. I love that he kind of looks like Neil Gaiman. I don't know where Neil Gaiman was in his career during the making of this movie. But to me, like, it's like, is that a reference to Neil Gaiman? It might be. That was a lazy shot. Yeah, it was. Well, so that's a lot of dogs. That'd be scary. I like how she's trying to get him out of town before they have to witness the underage gangbang. It's funny because they established that people who read the new book go crazy. And well, she's yeah. read the new book and the, and the other guy that we know read the new book went crazy.
Let's see, that's creepy. Yeah. I like it when shit moves that's not supposed to move. I like how she's acting so weird now. I feel like she was acting a little weird earlier, but now she's really acting weird. And then her eyes are super red, like she's got like horrible allergies or something. Or yeah, is on drugs. Going on. <laughs> it's like fucking everybody's going crazy around him and it's like and it's so strange like it's not just suspicious it's like this isn't normal like this isn't human behavior I also like uh, horror movies get frustrating when there's a lot of ways to get out. And with this, it's like it's not unreasonable to just go for a drive and investigate. And then it's like we could just leave if you wanted to. But then really quickly, it's like, well, it's harder to get out of this town than it seems for no reason. Like, what would you do different if you were stuck here now? 
I mean, I have the genre savviness of knowing that they're in a shitty place and they need to get the fuck out. So, like, I maybe hijack a car. But do you know how to hijack a car? No, but you could probably, like, beat that old lady up and take her keys. I think that would actually be really funny is, <laughs> like, I'm trying to picture, like, me as, like, an overweight nerd going, like, well, I, I played enough Grand Theft Auto, I know how to get out of here. <laughs> I love that as an excuse, though, if they're, like, if you're wrong and there's nothing weird and you just get arrested for beating the shit out of a 70-year-old woman and stealing her car. And you're like, well, I thought I was in a horror movie. Like, that town's weird. And they're just like, that. that's not an excuse. Like, you're going to jail. You You committed assault and, you know, burglary. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. What I don't get is, like, I feel like she's making bad decisions because she knows shit's fucked, but she's going towards it. Why? Well, I, I mean, right now, do we even know if she's still sane? Like, she might be, you know, looking for the old tentacle right now. That's true. She did read the book. I like the idea that this, like, making the um the keyboard creepy, which, you know, King did with, um, um, The Shining. The Shining. And it's, it's those little things where I'm just like, oh, is he, are they referencing Stephen King? But then, like, a weirdo typing is kind of creepy. Oh, oh fuck, okay. that was upsetting. That got me. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, it came in from a weird angle that didn't make sense either. So it's like, I'm trying to process what I just saw in a split second. Also, look at this fucking room. The texturing on the walls. It's... That's a cool effect. I don't want to go in that door. And I really like this weird, there's like a fantasy element here that there's this like, I mean, he's an author, but he's happy with his work. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, and he's like a wizard because he kind of reminds me of a weird wizard in a, in a tower or in a castle. Oh, very much. That's going on for sure.
And there we get the body horror. Oh, that's upsetting. Oh, you see the number like... there? Oh, okay. Nine. I <laughs> I wasn't expecting a jump scare so soon. Or her to come back and not be dead. Oh, and then the lights are getting weird. There's so many fun things that you can do. Oh, the painting changed and now it's really fucked up. God, this is so good. See, and that's a neat, yeah. I love this uh, level of escalation because it's so stark, but it doesn't feel unearned. Yeah. It's it's weird, and you're not even sure. I think still, it's like, what's a hallucination and what's actually happening has never been, like, settled. Right. Because he's telling this story from uh, an insane asylum is the framework. Yeah. I like the uh, repetition of the axe coming back too, as like the weapon of of shit's getting yeah. really weird. I thought she took the keys. Um. Well, no, she drove back, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know.
fact that she beat him there is weird, and then the kids chanting "You're a dead girl" is also unpleasant. Well, like time's like falling apart too. Like you're not even sure when, like how long they've been here. Yeah. I like like the 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 desperation of like this isn't real is like turned the other way where he doesn't want it to be real because because he sees it yeah Oh, was that more like foreshadowing then? Because that's cool. Uh oh. <laughs> Clocks her. I thought he was grabbing the horn. What? <laughs> There's, I love the meta-ness now, too, where, like, this feels like the scene in a in a kind of a Stephen King horror movie where the keys disappear, so he uses a screwdriver and it manages to start the car, which I'm pretty sure, like, you could not do. Yeah, it's just, it's flowing like a, a pulpy horror novel. Also, if I were him, I would, I would throw her out the car, but he probably can't because that's not in the book. I love how every time there's a new scene, it's like the, the visuals are so weird. Um, You're half surprised and you're not surprised every time you see something new that's weird. Yeah, and then the way things keep calling back to each other is also really cool. Oh, no.
That's a, that's a th- real good transition. This is this is where it like hits the cosmic horror stuff now where he's trapped, right? And like it's like the the city's its own like eldritch horror, this little town. It's Um, have you seen Severance yet? I have not. I've heard that's good. I I highly recommend it. I like how she's kind of acting like a puppet. That's a very patient mob. They're written to be patient. You just hear some guy laugh at him. You know how he gets out of this. I actually don't remember. No, what you do is you start like talking about Mickey Mouse and stuff that Disney owns and get the book canceled. Oh, there you go. And the spell breaks. Play some Taylor Swift songs and then the record label... uh... Oh, dude, you, you get Taylor Swift on the radio and sing along to the lyrics. Oh, and then libel. Oh, you know, Taylor Swift uh, killed the baby and wears its skin as a diaper. <laughs> Can't put that in a book. I love, he, he passes out and he wakes up in a church confessional, which lets you know that he's in the in the church that Sutter Kane is in. But it's also just like really weird and creepy on top of that. Yeah, I'm also noticing like the the frequency that he tries to smoke, but it's like he's never allowed to. Really? He's just having nicotine withdrawals.
I love that he's like a self-important author and he's writing genre fiction. Now, if you're trapped in your own fantasy, what does your writing room look like? Um, I kind of like the room I'm in because that's where I'm going to do my best writing. The only difference is that in my fantasy writing room, Ripley is actually a lap cat and will sit on my lap while I write. <laughs> I love how he refuses to get existential. He's just too stubborn. I feel like Sutter Kane has aged a bit since he was first introduced. Maybe. This effect I love is that less he's good. So cool. Like it's the the effect is a little cheesy, but the the concept is great. I like the concept.
I like her reading that. Yeah, everything about this scene is awesome. This is so fucking good. Yeah. And it already felt like the movie had escalated enough. And then it's like, this is a whole other level. That it's like, oh, we're doing this. These fucking like Warhammer chaos demons, you know? Yeah. But I like that you're getting like glimpses of them. It's like the Jaws thing, right? Like the less you show of the shark, the scarier it is. (laughs) Yeah. Look, see all the trees are um are green again. There's no it's not autumn yeah. anymore. The sky's different too. It's overcast before it was like totally oppressively empty. Yeah, the the colors are all different now. I like that he left the book. Mm-hmm. He just like dropped it. <laughs> like he didn't even he was like, like think fuck about this. It.
I always like the idea of like not being allowed to escape. Yeah. I I uh I play around with that a lot when I write spooky stuff. It's the kind of thing that I think everyone can relate to that feeling. Um like it's it's not like claustrophobia where it affects some people differently. Everybody hates being too uh trapped. Like any any situation you can't get out of, like something mild or something serious. Right. It hits that same chord. <laughs> oh no, he's in a twenty twenty movie. Kind of like that we've come full circle, but now he's like really just lost his goddamn mind, you know? Yeah, now he's like way off the deep end. And also the weird like repetition and stuff. Yeah. Like he escaped the thing he was trapped in, but he's still trapped in something else. I like that kind of a twist too, where you're like, you're not sure what is or isn't happening on any level. Yeah. Like when, when did any of this really start?
once again, time again, right? Months ago. Mm hmm. <laughs> Such a good twist. Now we've really come full circle. Yeah. And like you said, the visualizations of the, the axe being a pattern. And I like how he's unsettled by this. Yeah.
Why is that guy so weird? Because he's in a Sutter Kane novel. Oh. The real investigator was the guy talking to this guy. And again, it's the stuff you don't see. You know, just doing this on Shadows is so good. And then you also wonder, like, how much of that was real? Because he was hallucinating earlier in the movie. And the way it just cuts so abruptly. I just, uh, I really like Carpenter's work. This is such a great scene. <laughs> like, just the way this is shot, it really gets to me. I love the color palette. Yeah. Of all the blood on the doors, too. Oh, and the freaking, all the, all the Sutter Kane novels on the ground. Mm-hmm. There's like all his pages everywhere. Like the fact that he like cleaned his face off, you know, it's sort of like he's trying to wash himself of what's going on, but he's also maybe over it or he's I, just kind of accepted it that, he, you know, he can't deny it anymore. He's got to he's got to be normal now and normal is to go see the movie. And I also like how like the the movie bookends itself with the visuals which is a funny play on words since it's about a book. Yeah. But also did you catch the director of the movie? Oh no. This is it was um by John Trent. Oh, 
I like how he has popcorn. I was going to bring up how often he says the word reality in this, and I love that it just, like, makes that a thing. You get that little montage. I I really like this movie. Yeah, this is a this is a dope movie. I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. Like it's probably been at least six years. Uh so I, I I'm kind of surprised. Like I forgot a lot about it. Uh and so it was wasn't quite like watching it for the first time, but a lot of things was like, oh that I forgot about that. You know, it's is a good one. I think that it's easier to appreciate the more you know about Stephen King because they do kind of play with certain tropes in a way where I think that fills in some of the quiet bits. I I feel like this movie is maybe a little underrated, or at least it was at the time. And I can understand because it's kind of weird for the sake of being weird if you don't get it. It's definitely, um, I mean, it's a cult classic, and I think for a reason, it, it's really pulling from its sources of inspiration a lot, and so, like, you get to the ending of it, and it's not maybe the most satisfying movie, right? Uh, from, like, a, a specific, like, a pure plot narrative standpoint. But from a, a, a audiovisual experience, and, like, uh, you know what it's trying to convey about reality it's like oh no that that movie's this movie's really good it's i i, I it's funny because we just watched it all together but i want to ask would you recommend this to people oh yeah cuz i think pretty much anybody could appreciate it if you like horror i it's not so like too gruesome like I wouldn't call it gory in a way that turns me off of some movies, but the jump spares are good. <laughs> like the the threat of violence is good. I think it's a really neat edition of cosmic horror where it's 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 grounded to a point. Like it feels like you're you're reading. It's a Stephen King book, and then the ending of it is that it's a it's kind of a Lovecraft book. Uh, and I think that works pretty well because, like, going into certain cosmic horror, especially like H.P. Lovecraft, who whose writing style is not conducive to like, it's very dense and hard to get into. And so this this is a lot easier to get into. And then you get to the ending of it where he's trapped in the town, and there's you know these monsters from beyond the abyss, and the old ones are coming back, and all that shit. And you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. I like how this is used. Um, it feels smart. It's not like the whole point of the story because the point is really rooted in the two main characters. It's just, I don't know, like this evolution of what of what Lovecraft started in like the 1920s. I think 
John Carpenter has more winners than losers. I want to put this definitely on the winner side. Yeah. Um, I I think uh, Red Letter Media had a special once where they they ranked all of his films. And what was funny was even the ones that were kind of bad, it's like they had a lot to talk about because it's like they're bad in interesting ways or they didn't stick the landing, but you can see all these things that are worth and it, it makes it worth watching, even though it's not their favorite. Um, I, I just I really appreciate him. I have to go through his, his filmography because I know I've seen other movies by him, but I'm not sure. There's one like especially ones? shitty one. Um I'm trying to remember, but it was like a sci-fi one where there's ghosts and like it didn't make sense. I like the idea of a John Carpenter ghost sci-fi movie. That sounds pretty cool. It Yeah, it was stupid. Um, but the highlight reel is kind of funny. Other than Dude, that, he's got a I lot of movies like out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that was in the mouth. Oh, of he madness. did the Escape from New York and LA movies. Okay, I've seen those. He did yeah. the thing. I've seen that. Escape from LA is awful. Escape from New York is kind of bad too. No, like you, yeah, you don't know how bad LA is. <laughs> I, no, I've seen them both. I don't remember LA as much okay. as I remember New York, but they're both like they're very stupid movies. They're they're entertaining, but they're dumb. Uh, LA I, was. I think if you. I think if you saw them side by side, you would not compare the two. All right. Oh, he did. They live that the, movie. That movie's fucking great. Yeah, I've never seen most of these though. I really should. Um, uh, Ghosts of Mars. He did. He did. He did the original Halloween. Yeah, the first one. Oh my That's god, my I didn't favorite. know that. That's one of my favorite movies, and it's my favorite Carpenter movie. I've actually never seen that movie. Um, really? I so th- now that's another thing. I'm curious how you would take it because one of the problems is that it was so uh striking at the time that it set the tone. Like it every horror movie after it borrows from Halloween. So if you watch Halloween now, it feels like a very watered down series of tropes that aren't done as scary as other movies. I, I understand. You have to watch that. it like with the context that none of this has been done before, so it's all entirely new. And like, I I I like it because of how simple it is. Yeah. Um, but it can be hard to watch if you really like horror movies and you've seen a lot. Like going back to Halloween feels like going backwards. I've kind of heard people somewhat say that about like Metroid Prime. Now that it's been remade and people are playing it again. And it's like, oh, the the 3D Metroidvania style thing has like come a long way since yeah. the GameCube. <laughs> that's that's such an elegant comparison. That's one hundred percent true. Um, I think Prime was very innovative at the time, and I think if you've played enough of these and you've never touched Prime, it might feel weird if you don't keep that context in mind. Yeah, especially like you have to keep in mind too. It's not a twin stick game. Like, you don't look with the right stick. Right, and then it's got the lock-on um, to kind of make up for the fact that the aiming system in that game is weird and somewhat non-existent. 
yeah, it's it's a very different game than how the trailer might portray it if you're new to it. Um, but yeah, this was in the mouth of madness, and I hope everyone had fun uh, listening along with us or watching it. I really enjoyed this rewatch, so I hope other people, like you said, did as well. This is a great movie. There's a lot of movies on YouTube that are free with ads, and as we've determined, ads uh, don't really mean much when you have an ad blocker. Yeah, um, YouTube has some decent gems out there. We might do another one of these sometime. I don't. Hey, the do fog these is on often. here. That's a John Carpenter movie. I've never seen the fog. Oh, you never seen the fog? I wonder. Okay, maybe we should do that one. We'll do another Carpenter one sometime. Wow, it's free with ads. How many movies are there on here, I wonder? I'm guessing an absolute fuckload. Hey, Die Hard is on here. Good day to Die Hard, that one. The Warriors. Knowing. Have you seen Knowing? That's a crazy movie with Nicolas Cage. No. I think I know it, though. Oops. I remember seeing that one in theater. My brother was sick when we saw it and he had kind of a fever. And apparently that movie, if you're like vaguely hallucinating because you're running over 102 is a trip. And like, you know, without that, that movie is pretty, pretty fucking weird. But I guess uh, that adds a lot to it. <laughs> but how interesting. Oh, Castle Dance is on some- here. Yeah, there's some stuff on here. There's some good shit on here. Um, do we wanna do we wanna wrap this up? We're at an hour forty. I think we've we've done our movie and our post movie. Oh, they got Children of the Corn too. I've never seen that. That's based off a Stephen King book, isn't it? Yeah, that's a Stephen King. Um, I don't know if that's a book or a short story, but I heard the movie is okay. But whatever. I, I don't know. I like the fog more. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us and, and sharing your popcorn. <laughs> it's movie humor. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Oh, and remember the moral of the story. Don't read books. They're very scary. Unless they're mine, they're you should read my you. books. If you read a book, the world will end. Ooh. Bye, everybody. Bop, bop, bop.